Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Debbie. And I'm Allison. And we're the Polter Gals. Spooky. <laughs> Hi, I'm Debbie. And I'm Allison. And we're the Polter Gals. Um, welcome back to another episode of the Poltergals. Um, this week we're coming at you, um, in, uh, we're going to be covering Wickenburg, Arizona. Yeah. Also, Allison is sick. Debbie gave me I this. I gave it to her. Finally. Um, after me being sick for so long, it's finally her turn. So if, uh, there's a lot of jumps in this, it's because I'm cutting out all the coughs. All of them. So I'm so sorry. We're sorry. Um, but... Allergy season here is not the greatest, and I got blown away this morning by the wind, so. I came in, and I was like, Allison, look what it did to my hair. And she was like, nothing. <laughs> Your hair looks fine. And I was like, but is it? I don't know anymore. Oh, my child. Anyway, Allison's popping a cough drop over here. Um, last time she was shoving cough drops down my throat. Now she's shoving yeah. cough drops down her own throat. No. Greatly uh, not so sponsored, but sponsored by H-E-B Cough Drops. Thanks, H-E-B. We love you. Um, but anyway, this episode, we're going to be talking about the Vulture Mine. Um, that's right. We're going old school. Yeah. We're going mining. You know what yeah. they say? Don't sell alcohol to miners. Dude, <laughs> speaking <laughs> of, if y'all have not been tuning in to Terrifying Tales, y'all probably should. Oh my gosh. Because... Last episode was my episode, right? Was the one I read. Honestly, I don't, e- I don't even remember. <laughs> I don't know. We, I have two and a half months worth Oof. that need to be pushed out. But we are in one of the books. I think it's Rocky Mountain. Mm-hmm. Either Rocky Mountains or Old West. But there, we're in like the mining chapter of Ooh. that one. So this goes right along with it. Yeah. So if. I don't even remember which one got pushed out, but I'm excited. Which whichever one it is, I've been pushing them out. But be sure to tune into those because one of them is about a mining town in Canada. Ooh, it's called the Mile Canadia Mile One Hundred Eight Inn, and that mm-hmm. one kind of ties into what you were telling me earlier before we started recording about murder, mystery, killers, thrillers. Um, but yeah. Exciting. Um, Well, today, like I said, we're talking about the Vulture Mine in Wickensburg, Arizona. Um, 
also, um, wait, don't we have another exciting announcement about Terrifying Tales? We do? Yeah. What's that? Now Terrifying Tales has its own channel. It does, yes. So if you guys like listening to our episodes, but you hate our normal episodes and you only want Terrifying Tales all the time, it has its own podcast now. Yes. So go like, comment, and subscribe to our new Terrifying Tales. Yeah. So that one will continue to be released on our stuff Mm -hmm. every Tuesday. And then on its own channel, it'll be released every Thursday. Yes. So go and check that out. Um and sorry I forgot about that announcement. All right. Let's get yeah. let's get into it. Okay. Allison, let's get started into the history. Thanks. So as you mentioned, it Vulture Mine is in Arizona. Mm-hmm. And it is considered to be the central character in a dime novel. Which if you don't know what a dime novel is, it's basically like those like old school, like paperback novels that like mm-hmm. your grandma read on the couch that probably had some uh, nudity in it. Oh, um, maybe it was a little X-rated. No, no, no. Um, but yeah, just basically those old, old, old school paperbacks. So it's said that this book would have myths, legends, facts, and continue to stir imagination, which consisted of ghosts, men, animals. Lost in the glory hole. Lost Indian. in the glory hole. Yeah, it's I want to be quotations. in your glory hole. Ew. No, I don't. <laughs> Never mind. Disgusting. <laughs> no. I'm thinking to redact that. Please then don't. I didn't no. say that. Uh, it, it also had Indian attacks, a billion robberies, golden fortunes, lost veins, and personalities as grand and as sweeping as the desert winds that are a part of the Arizona history. So lots of, you know, cool little folklore kind of stuff, if you're into that. Yeah, all the Arizonians out there know what we're talking about. I hope so. And (laughs) if they do, I really hope that they email us because uh, (laughs) we need more of this information. We need more ghost stories. Arizonian ghost stories. And if, you know, if you have a really good story... Maybe it'll make it into a full-length episode and not Ooh. just a terrifying tale. Yes, we are wanting to do listener tales. So if you guys are out there and you have something you wanna you wanna share with us, wanna get it out into the world, we yeah. can be your vessels of which to get it out. And that's uh, you know, possess us with your stories. Yeah, and it's any kind of story, personal experiences, mm-hmm. uh, just ghost stories that your family has had mm-hmm. that you want to pass down because anything. Not everybody like and some I do mean over here. Anything. Don't want kids, so you know. I'm winking for those of you who can't see. So dumb. Anyway, so dumb. So Wickenburg fell one vote short of being named the territorial capital. Dang, which is sucks for them. <laughs> they suck. Very depressing that they came so <laughs> close but yet so far. Mm-hmm. Jack Swilling, a one-time mine and mill owner. Addict and hero is noted as the father of Phoenix. Hall Tabor, the legendary Silver King from Leadville, Colorado, once owned a vulture and later said it was the worst mining decision he has ever made. Dun, dun, dun. Michael Goldwasser, yeah, a.k.a. Goldwater, just Mm. because it makes sense and easier to pronounce for People like me that suck. People like me. (laughs) 
the grandfather of famous Arizona politician and presidential candidate Barry Goldwater, had an earlier lion lean lean mm-hmm. on the days loaned at the vulture thirty five thousand dollar to buy water pumps and continue operation. Mm-hmm. The money was quickly paid back, and the Goldwater brothers eventually operated a successful business in Phoenix and Prescott. Hmm. Michael then became the founder and first president of the Arizona Democratic Party. Interesting. So, you know, I guess that's the way we need to go. Yeah. I Create a so. gold mine. Yeah, become it's president. Get some gold. Yeah. Be a president. It's great, right? After President Polk formally announced that the rumors of rich gold strikes in California were real, a grand exodus from the East Coast and Europe began with the destination being California's gold fields. And did you know that's how blue jeans got invented? Was by the California gold rush. <coughs> I feel like I've said that before as I a fact on did. one of the episodes. I think you did. I talk about things a lot. Also, yes. a lot of these stories all come together. It's funny how some of these really do, like, overlap and you just don't process it. Yeah. And it's so interesting just hearing, like, Oh, this even affected people in Europe. Like, this affected people in Arizona. Like, it wasn't just, you know, this was a time. This was back in the day. I mean, they were flying by the seat of their pants, trying to get the seat of their blue jeans, trying to get some gold. I mean, if you think about it, that's why so many people migrated mm-hmm. east. Mm-hmm. No, west. Never. E- yeah, west. <laughs> Yikes. It's sad that I can only East remember Coast. the compass by uh, never eat soggy worms. <laughs> Wait, I thought it was never eat sour watermelon. I always know it's soggy worms. Soggy worms? Don't yeah, of course don't eat those. Yeah. Anyway. Exactly. <laughs> so never eat soggy worms. Well, anyway, Duh. the people went to this East Coast just to get a chance of getting rich. Um, no, to the West Coast. No, East Coast. From the East Coast. East Coast to the West Coast. You're right. You're right. You're right. Come on, East Coast man. to I'm West Coast. To be the dumb one. I'm sorry. We're, our rollers are <laughs> reversed right now. But anyway, and then there you go. Blue jeans got invented. <laughs> that's all. I, that's all I wanted to chime in here. Yikes! So Easterners braved the long overland trek by wagon, and Europeans braved the ocean voyage around the Cape to reach the port in San Francisco. Ooh. Henry Wickenburg, a Parisian by birth is first noted in some of the Mother Lodge gold towns around 1852. Probably uh, too late to get in on the easy early placer locations. There was no Phoenix, no Flagstaff, or Prescott. Did not exist. Unfortunately. And most of the population was Mexican, and most were in Tucson. Tucson, yeah. Tucson. You, you really pronounce that C in there. Tucson. Tucson. It's just Tucson. That's so dumb. I don't know. I, I mean, I, like I say that, and then yet we here we are that has a freaking Pflugerville, Texas. I was going to say. Like and, <laughs> and then we also have Bear County. We have Mahia. <laughs> yeah. Mahia. Bear County. That's uh-huh. spelled. Pflugerville. And you're mad at Tucson? <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's because of the Indian tribes and the amount of diverse populations. Tucson has nothing to do with that, though. I doubt that's how the name came about. Okay, maybe. <laughs> so Indian tribes abandoned with notorious Apaches, creating the most fear. Scary. Roads were 
pretty much non-existent. Yeah, back in 1852. Yeah, he just kind of like word of mouth of how to get there. Yeah, they were just wagon wheeling across the country, horse-drawn carriages. They were just buggy and carts. You just like go as far east or west as yeah. Just keep going until you hit the ocean. That's pretty much all you can do. So as the easiest of gold gathering in California began to play out, miners gradually moved towards Southern California, then through Yuma, Yuma, mm-hmm. and up to Colorado or into Arizona, still seeking riches. Hmm. Which I don't realize it realize this, but until I was reading this mining book, mm-hmm. but if you look, apparently there are like what they call like gold veins. Mm. So, like, if you look carefully enough, there's, like, trails of gold, like, little pieces. Like, throughout the map or, like? Like, the ground. Oh. Like, if you looked at the ground, and uh, Mm. they would travel in groups. And if you go to certain parts, there might be, like, little faint trails of gold. And that's how you know that the land might be prosperous and gold. Now we just have metal detectors and machines that do it for us. Yeah, also, we have GPS, so we don't got to worry about <laughs> Lazy? <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know if it's very smart, very lazy, or both. I think I think we got smart so we could get lazy. I think that's the key. I, I think, think as our smartness levels go up, our lazy levels go down. What is it? Think smarter, not harder? It's Yeah, but at some point, once your smartness level gets so high, then you just become stupid because mm. then you're depending so much on interesting technology because if you think about it that's why google's here Ooh, our master overlord google i can google something and not even have to know it Mm -hmm. yeah interesting the more that's a a hot take from allison thanks thanks for tuning in (laughs) yikes henry wickenberg was to sign uh an expedition which was founded by a h peoples Peoples. 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 Is that how people is supposed to be spelled? Maybe. Not I don't know. P-E-O. This is P-E-P-L-E-S. Peoples. <laughs> Maybe we're the dumb ones. I Maybe think so. Maybe we are getting I think dumb. I just have <laughs> every are getting dumb. <laughs> anyway. It, which was led by an old Southwest Scott, Paulina Weaver. Go Paulina. Which also, if y'all haven't figured out women in this type period doing anything was non-existent. Yep, back in the 1800s. Yeah. So there was a group of about 30 people that crossed uh, the Colorado River into Arizona Territory in the spring of 1836 mm. and headed east. Uh, you mean 1863? Oh, yeah. Not 36? Not 36. Yeah. That nice. was too far back. Too far. Just 30 years. Too far. I, I went too far. You yeah. know, like the 10... 10- <laughs> 1090, what was it? 2090, whatever. <laughs> yeah, where I you just started adding numbers into <laughs> Went too far in the future. But yeah, this was in 1863. <laughs> 1863, yes, they were headed east. <gasps> now they're going east. <laughs> yeah, now they're going east. <laughs> but they did eventually stumble onto the richest, surfer, richest surface finds of gold that are known. Hmm. At what is known as Rick Hill in central Arizona, mm. they found nugget, nuggets. Nuggets. And that's almost kind of like what the, it's almost like little pebbles. That's cute. In a sense. Of pebbles. What? Pebbles, yeah. <laughs> pebbles. Uh, and that's why I'm like, the, that's what the gold veins are. It's like mm. almost little pebbles of what they would find. 
And so apparently this um, place was just like covered yeah. in it. Uh, they found nuggets, flakes, and pieces of coal that they could dig up with spoons, knives, and picked up with their hands. I know what? I'm just going to get me a sharp spoon. That's all you need in the world. Someone's coming out of you in the dark? Sharp spoon. <laughs> Wouldn't that just be a f- like a spork? Mm, yeah, but I mean like like the edges are sharp on the spoon. Not like... Not like tines of the fork. But wouldn't that be like that one, those <laughs> weird spoons that like have the knives? Allison like has a spork for self defense. <laughs> hey man. This is my self defense spork. No, I'm kidding. Um, don't you go sporking around me? I'm sorry. I'll never spork near you ever again. <laughs> Yikes. I think, uh, I think we need a chill. <laughs> so there was a nearby, nearby town named Weaver, that was from an earlier explorer. But the surface gold was soon depleted, and while some remained to dry wash, others moved on to nearly contemporaries. Mm, good job. Strike. Wait, that's actually how you pronounce that? I think so. I think you did a good job. Wow. I'm proud of you. Give it mm. up for Allison. <laughs> Sick Allison, finally. Uh, is that what it, is that what I need to just pronounce? Just takes words? you being destroyed. <laughs> she might have bronchitis, guys. I'm sorry. I get it twice a year, every year, and now's the time. Wait, yeah. but it's 2021. <laughs> I mean, wait. <laughs> I get it. It's 2023. <laughs> now, guess who's going back? Now, in who's time. going back in time? It's 2023. <laughs> so, does this count as like the end of 2022, so or does this count as beginning? I always get it around. January to February, mm-hmm. and then November to December. Oh, okay. So it's always the beginning and the end of the year. Oh, like so just for w- four w- months you're sick. <laughs> it's like the weather change. It's yeah, the constant yeah. weather change. Thanks, and Texas. Yeah. If any of you know what Texas is like, it's like November to February. Texas can't decide if it wants to be hot or cold. It was literally like 81 degrees yesterday, and exactly. then I'm literally wearing a jacket right now because exactly. it was so cold. Um, and the wind was crazy. And then guess what? It's probably going to freeze again, and everybody's going to go crazy and lose their minds. I know. Uh, I started buying the big packs of toilet paper. Oh, Allison, a toilet paper hoarder. No, but I buy that one big Uh pack. It's uh like 36 rolls, and then I'm It lasts me a year. (laughs) It actually lasts me three or four months. Wow. But it's like- She don't wipe her butt very good. No, I'm kidding. Listen, I buy the extra cushy. Oh, I get oh, it. I, it's the not Sherman Ultra Shock it, it's only. It's not. <coughs> it's funny that you bring that one up because I was actually going to bring that exact one up. <laughs> Whoops! I buy the H E B one. Oh, it's the buddy H-E-B. bag. Duh. Yet again. So <laughs> back, back on a, this. Back on track. Speaking of strikes, uh-huh. oh wait, I don't think there's ever been a strike at H E B, but I'm no. going to pretend that there was. And no, <laughs> there wasn't. <laughs> So there was a strike near Prescott in Walker Mining District. Mm. And this is kind of where it circle, in a sense, circles back to Henry. Mm. He and two companies, Isaac Van Biber sure. and Theodore Green, a.k.a. Rusk, took advice from an earlier pioneer, King Woolsey, who was in the area. Woolsey suggested that they traveled to the... Harkwala Yeah. It's a it's a big word that's uh yeah, mountains. I assume it's a Native American word. It's H A R Q U A H A L A. 
If, you're if that's a Native American word and you're Native American and you know how to pronounce that, please tell me. I yeah, probably natives will. <laughs> like I mean, people native to that area, but also Native Americans. <laughs> <laughs> so it said that 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 was a good spot for a gold strike. Wow. And the three then traveled by following streams and trails, reaching to the Harkawala, whatever. Yeah. But unfortunately, it did come up empty. <laughs> and on their return home, they noticed a conceptuous quartz. <laughs> Conception. Yeah, you know what? You did so good. I was so proud of you. Is that how you pronounce it? Conspicuous. Conspicuous. Yeah. No, it's um. Conspicuous. That words. That that words are confusing. <laughs> Outside <coughs> of, oh, there we go. I was going to say outside of the fact that I lost my place, but I'm Gucci. Mm-hmm. Maybe Louis Vuitton, because I don't know <laughs> how uh, how pricey I am right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the quartz was outcropping, but continued back to camp along the... River. Yeah. <laughs> it's another very big word. Hasambia mm-hmm. River near present-day Wickenburg. And in November of the same year of 63... The three put up the location notice, but failed to do much more. Wickenburg remained camped along the river. Some, it's about 50 miles from the strike while green, mm-hmm. having samples of gold quartz left for Tucson. Tucson. Tucson, Tucson. Tucson Arizona. I'm not going to do that, dude. <laughs> Y'all need to change that name. <laughs> just Make it the, easy. Just take the C out. <laughs> Yeah, but Tussin? then it would be Tussin. Like Tussin? But like Robotussin? Yeah, but it's Tucson. So you got to have that C in there. I don't know why. <laughs> that's so confusing. The English language is confusing. Anyway, that's why it's the second la- second hardest language to learn. For real. So outside of that being the second language to learn, mm-hmm. Green, Green's home in Van Beaver set off for California to obtain financing Fi- yeah, financing and supplies. In May of 1864, Henry Wickenburg and four different men went back to the claim and officially filed it and at the same time organized the Vulture Mining District with Wickenburg as president and James A. Moore, a businessman, as a recording secretary. First work on the Vulture was by to pick and shovel and basically amounted to quarrying the exposed gold quartz. Early estimates from the unofficial records indicated 20 troy ounce per ton gold. Interesting. I don't know what any of that means. I just mean that's a lot of gold. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's what I'm picking up. It's a, they found a dollar. They found a dollar. They found a dollar, a whole lot of dollars. (laughs) Later... Uh, they would file under Murray versus Wickenburg and Associates. Murray and Roberts had brought from Green what they felt was one-third share. But Wickenburg claimed that the vulture was yielding $700 a day. So a lot of dollars. Yes. Uh, gold prices during this time, which is in the 60s, could range from anywhere... From $20 to $47 an ounce. Wow. Which is insane. The claim was heard by Judge Joseph Allen, who found in favor of Wickensburg Group. Van Bieber was later paid $10,000. Oh. 
to quiet to quit claim the subsequent new owners. Mm-hmm. Despite the pro- uh, prosperous fine, problems arose, distance from water, from mining and miling, lack of knowledge of even simple um, recovery, mm-hmm. transportation, shortcomings, Indians, lack of good labor, theft, and basically all the bad stuff. So yeah. thieves, yeah. Indians, all that. Oh, West shoot them up. A plague, yeah, would eventually come around to the mine. That's what's happening. And would kind of strike the mine down. Yeah. And I, can I looked it up, and the $47, or like about $47, if that's what they were getting per ounce, that's almost $1,500 today. Jesus. Yeah. Um. So in 163 years, so the inflation is now uh, the purchasing power of about $1,268. Jeez. So $1,200. That's... Per ounce of gold. Yeah. That's a ton. That's and the fact that they're just... Finding that mm-hmm. every day. He said it was bringing home $700. Is that like saying $700 a day? Back when yes. it was being good. Um, that's $25,000 a day. Jeez. Yeah. So they were bringing home a lot of money. They were banking. They were banking. Until bad stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Until the theft. Yeah. Plague. Indians. Yeah. But it didn't end there. Wickenburg had to sell the mine for $15 a ton plus a royalty for anyone who would dig, load, and transport to the river. Wow. Build and work in Arustra? Sure. Sure. Once word was out that the area was trampled by prosecutors looking for another vulture, claims that the dinosaur, turkey, buzzard, Apache... Harriet's Wall, and my f- and this writer's favorite was the Whopper were all recorded within six months. None ever proved productivity. Dang. So, that's, that's fun. Within two years of the discovery, Henry Wickenburg and the other claimant, yeah, the people that laid claim on it, sold most of the original footage. And the Vulture Mining Company under East Coast uh, Spices mm-hmm. Aspects, sure, took over. And later on, the town grew and developed within mill sites and were established along the river. Mm. Sites then moved as wood supply used to produce steam energy was depleted. And in 1883, recipients indicated the mine and mill was used up to 15 cords of wood a day. Wow. Jeez, there's a lot of history. Despite er, <laughs> desert, desert trees were cut for miles around the area. Freighters hauled in wood and supplies. And large mining equipment was floated up to the Colorado to La Paz. And then hauled some, uh, like, 150 miles overload to Vulture Mine. Interesting. And... Wickenburg then became a business supply center. Phoenix was still still wasn't valuable as a town, and Prescott, Tucson, and Yama were the principal settlements. Interesting. And the yeah, you said Tucson right. I'm no. proud of you. I purposely. I was like, I gotta memorize it. 
So in 1880s, it was decided to build a 15-mile, 6-inch pipeline from the river to the mine site. This would cost 2,400 a mile, and six months of grueling labor accomplished the task. And water was then delivered to the mine and mill site. Once the water was available in the small town, Vulture City, which was the first Vulture City, was a mill site north of present-day Wickenburg, grew and developed. Wow. And ten years later, the disastrous walnut drove dam collapsed, flooded the river, and destroyed much of the pipeline, which was actually never repaired. But the 300-foot level of the mine and finally a well were in use on the property. Eventually, the mill would increase to 80 stamps, which ran day and night with a thunder that could be heard in Wicksburg on a clear and windless day. Electricity came to Vulture in the early 1900s, but until 1913, when their first truck was purchased, horses and wagons were both mine and personal transport were used. That's what I said earlier. Still car and buggy. Horse. Yeah. Horse and buggy. That's all. I mean, that's kind of insane until 1913. They also did not have power, so. Yeah, that's true. So the miners and a few families began to settle in Vulture City. A schoolhouse and some smaller school stuff operated from 1908 to 1915, but the population seemed to never get above 500. Probably because these were just working guys. They weren't, like, settling there for families. Following the successful Swelling Irrigation Company, Charles T. Hayden, who was involved in mining measures, established another irrigation company and grain storage in what is now Tampa? Tempe. Tempe? Tempe. Tempe. And it would be the Hayden Library Mm. and land for building ASU came from Hayden. The vulture mine often went through long periods of shutdowns, startups, leases, and exploration activities. The faulting mismanagement, low gold price, and high overhead accounted for much of the downtime. At least twice... The property was sold for back taxes at the sheriff's auction. Once the rich orders played out, reworking of tails became a prominent and lucrative undertaking. Ooh, money. While some underground mining of pillars in overlooked areas continued, the veins of profitable gold thinning and the load lost by faulting. For the final time in 1916, numerous attempts to find extensions were unproductive. The last try was carried out in 1931 by Hyde, Jimmy Douglas, a Little Daisy fame. <gasps> After much conjured and drilling, Douglas put down a 500 foot, right foot? Mm-hmm. I'm assuming it's 500, because yeah. if, fi- if it's 500 inches, I think you got to, uh, <laughs> especially the next word, shaft. You got a 500 <laughs> inch shaft. I think I got a. Uh, I think you got a problem there. Got a problem. That was to intersect the faulted lost load, but it turned out to be a loss of money, bam, bam. a waste of money. Lost. <laughs> You're so funny. Not really. <laughs> uh. So then we go into World War Two. And everybody knows about World War Two. 
Yes. It's almost like it was World War or something. And we've talked about it like a hundred times on the show. <laughs> boy, oh boy, if there's only a building, we can lock some of them in. No, we're not locking World War II veterans into the building. Ah, uh, darn it. Ernest Dickey and John C. Lincoln held the vulture. Dickey was a good mining man, and L- Lincoln was known to have the vision and the money. Together, they worked the vulture into World War II. Common wisdom has it that the vulture mine closed in 1942 and to never again reopen. But that scenario was incorrect. (gasps) Apparently, the vulture had obtained an exemption to mine during the war years, and state mining records indicate that that as late as 1944, the vulture was producing lead, minor copper, and gold. Wow. So two more years. (laughs) Yeah. Great. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of cool that I was able to, like, keep going. Keep going for two years, and then... And then it died. And then it died. It'd be dead. Well, it's dead. You know what that means. Commercial time. break. Commercial yeah. break. <laughs> yeah. Cool. And now, a word from our sponsors. Spooky. <laughs> Hi, this is Sarah. And I'm Carter. And this is Some of Our Thoughts. We're two Southern sommeliers, and we want to share everything we love and know about wine. We started hanging out during quarantine and cooking and drinking and listening to music, and we just thought this would be a great way to bring everything we know to you guys. We will make wine knowledge and food pairings easy and approachable. So put on your favorite vinyl, grab your favorite glass of wine, tune into our show, and let's have some fun. Wine Wine and vinyl. vinyl. (laughs) So check us out on roguemedianetwork.com or wherever you get your favorite podcast. We'll be talking about a lot. I'm Zach. And I'm Mike. And we have a fantastic new podcast to tell you about. Bros, Foes, and Heroes. It's the two of us looking into the world of comics, breaking down some characters that you may have never heard of, and some that are just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, so Zach comes up with a character each time, and uh, I go into it just completely blind. I don't know who this person is or what their abilities are or anything, and and basically I guess we kind of go over their origin story. And just some of the ridiculous stuff that maybe, especially Golden Age stuff. Oh, Golden yeah. Age stuff is always the best. And we will make sure to highlight all of the shenanigans and just absolute weirdness yeah. of everything. Yeah, that's right. So subscribe today and uh, follow us on Instagram at Bros Bros Heroes. And if you don't, I know where you live. Not really, but please subscribe. <laughs> bros and Bros and Heroes.
Welcome to One Star Rewind, a new podcast about those dreaded one-star reviews that every business owner hates to receive, but yet every customer loves to read. During this podcast, we will peel back that one-star review to better understand how it happened, when it happened, and what the business owner is doing after receiving that one-star review. This podcast will be about love, hate, and laughter. On One Star Rewind, we will meet with real business owners who will tell their stories and how they do rely on reviews for their business. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or download us at roguemedianetwork.com. Please subscribe, but only rate and review for not a one-star review. Join us each time for a new review and a new story. Spooky. <laughs> All right, and we're back. It's time to get into the hauntings. Yay. So as we know, the mine died in 1944. Today, the Vulture Mine is privately owned, <coughs> but it's open for the public for a small fee, obviously. You don't have to pay in gold, though. Um, guided tours are also provided. It's also overrun by the ghosts of the past. <coughs> long forgotten. Can you not interrupt me? I'm so sorry. It's the ghosty speaking through me. I know. Um, but anyway, it's overrun by the ghosts of the long forgotten miners who love to haunt gullible tourists. Tourists and staff alike often hear footsteps creeping up behind them, strange disembodied voices whispering in their ears, and ghostly apparitions wandering around the line around the mines. Many often report shadows on the walls when no one else is there, and the sound of pickaxes pick axes striking the walls is also quite common. Picks. Picks. Pixaxes. <laughs> one of the more infamous ghosts is that of Jimmy Davis. Jimmy was a really hardworking man, well known amongst his colleagues for getting the job done right. Well, one day, while Jimmy was working the mines, the pulley system malfunctioned. Is he the one-armed ghost that's in one of these books? Each, maybe. Um, well, um, so the pulley system malfunctioned. Jimmy then got on a ladder to fix the belt when guess what? <coughs> oh. His, His arm, arm got stuck. Yikes. You spoiled it. I promise I wasn't trying to, but in one of the books we're reading, it has a one-armed ghost. Well, this is Jimmy. He's oh. the one-armed ghost. Um, anyway, when his arm got stuck in the loop of the pulley, the belt tightened, and when he tried to get out, and Jimmy was launched several feet into the air with his arm still stuck in the loop. Again, with people getting launched places. Getting launched out of windows. He he got a blast. Um, I'm so sorry, Jimmy. Um, and his arm was still stuck in it. So with this, his body smashed into multiple pieces of heavy machinery, breaking every bone in his entire body. Um, before mm. it dumped his body hundreds of feet down into the central mine shaft below. The worst part was that Jimmy wasn't actually killed right away, and it took him five hours to die. Five God. hours. He had cried and begged for mercy, being in excruciating pain, but it was no use. His body was f too far down for anybody to go and recover it. 
Now, Jimmy's ghost still lives in the mine shaft. His blood-curdling screams can still be heard echoing through the mines, though some have heard his cries for help in other parts of the Venture City grounds. Of the Vulture City grounds. Others claim to hear the sounds of the pulley machine whipping around as if it were still malfunctioning. Paranormal investigators actually claim to have discovered Jimmy's spirit still hanging out around the mine's powerhouse, and his ghost has been seen at the entrance of the mine on multiple occasions. Um, and again, it's the same. He's using an armed ghost. It is bad. Um, the ghosts of the high graders who were punished by death are also still seen around the mines. The hanging tree is said to have been the burial site of dozens of men who were condemned after being caught red-handed. Eighteen men were actually hung from the hanging tree. Jeez. But it's not known if they were all buried there or, like, if they were just hung there and, like, their spirits still hang around. Um, either way, actually, many tourists claim to have been harassed by ghosts, um, ghosts, you know, and th- these dead thieves. Um, so basically, these men were trying to steal from these mines, as we mentioned. Um, like, people tried to rob from these places all the time. Yeah. Um, and these were the men that got caught. Um, and were put to death. Um, oh, dumb. Yeah. Um, tourists have had rocks thrown at them while near the hanging tree, and they've also heard footsteps scurrying around them near the area, and have some have even heard strange voices call them by their own name, mm-hmm. which okay. I think is terrifying. Cat called by the dead? Yeah. Yikes. No thanks. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, again, like, back in the day, like, there were people trying to, um, what were they called? Like, when they, like, stagecoach robberies and, like, you know... The full cowboys and Indians. Um, anyway, so there was this, this group of three. Oh, they're yeah. called highwaymen. Highwaymen, when they would, like, steal people when they're, like, traveling between these places. Um, yeah, sure. Um, people, the uh, <laughs> people that thieves and, yeah. Well, so there was a group of thieves that actually got killed in a freak accident um, that now still haunt Vulture City. That's a sad um, story. So a particularly prosperous area um, at the head of the mine, which we called it earlier, the Glory Hole, um, was the site of like where the much of the high grading. Um, once the main body of the ore was like dug out, they called it the high grading area, um, and this is where the miners would then come around sunset and begin to dig out the remaining ore near those support beams. Um, but eventually, after a while, guess what? There was no rock to support the beams because they were digging it out. And with that, as they slowly dug away the dirt, causing the po- the beams to become unsupported, you know what happened? It was... Yep, that's right. It went... And it collapsed. Um, this glory hole collapsed, actually trapping and killing seven men and 12 donkeys. Poor donkeys. I know. They didn't ask for this. Yeah, they just trying to, you know, they're forced into labor. And since it had collapsed, there was no way for anybody to get to them. Uh-huh. So just like in the story of Jimmy Davis, who was at the bottom of the well shaft, um, or at the bottom of the mine shaft, um, no one can get to their bodies. So it is said that their bodies are still there to this day. Hi. What? I think I might have just made myself overly excited for nothing. Their bodies are still there to this day, and the ghosts haunt the former glory hole. The apparitions can be seen around the head of the mine, and witnesses report unusual cold spots and feelings of being watched. That are the ghost sightings for 
the vulture gold mine. Um, I know that like there's probably a lot more bad stuff that happened around here. Um, and you know, again, like this is Native American land, so um, this is just like the tragedies that happen inside the mine itself, not even counting the surrounding areas. Um, this area is said to be very haunting. Um, very haunted um, and one of you know the theories we always talk about is that it's due to the amount of minerals in the soil you know um, so maybe that all the ore and the materials are actually drawing upon um, the spirits themselves um, and I mean like quartz was in this mine as well so uh, quartz helps amplify things so guess what it's amplifying these spirits oh. um, it's amplifying those ghosts um, and I mean it's just so sad to think about um you know, how, again, this was back in the day. This was in manual labor. We talked about, like, like they were having to dig with pickaxes and shovels, and they didn't have no GPS. They didn't even have lights until, like, the end, like, towards the end. Um, so sad. It is very sad, but it's very interesting to see, um, you know, just, like, the wor <laughs> workplace hazards. I don't think they got paid hazard, day, hazard pay back in the day, did they? I'm going to go with no. I'm going to go with no, too. Um, because if they did, then we probably need to be raising hazard pay now. <laughs> um, but, yeah. And, I mean, again, this was all just, like, people trying to get rich and do what they thought was best for their families. And um, these people were really just explorers of the early eight or the end of the 1800s and early 1900s. Yeah. 1860s. Yeah. So, like, 1940. So, almost 100 yeah. years. Um, and I mean, again, like the gold rush started in about the 1850s. So this was late okay. edition after the California gold rush, um, where again, people were just following those veins and just going where the wind took them, or I guess going yeah. where the gold took them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, that's all of the hauntings for this week. Sorry, Deborah. That is the story of the vulture gold mine. Yeah. I wish somebody would mine this cough out of me, but... <laughs> Yes, I guess not. Sorry. I guess if we were in the 1800s, I might have died at the cough. You probably would have. Yeah, you probably would have died. Like, you would have been dead already back in the 1800s. I probably would have been dead, too. Yikes. Thanks, modern medicine. Right. And with that, uh, I'm Debbie. And I'm Allison. And we're the Poultry Gals. Yay! And on this week's episode... Oh, wait. wait we already we did, did it. That. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't forget to go like, comment, and subscribe. Bye. Bye. <laughs> You've been listening to The Poltergals, a Rogue Media Network podcast. This has been a Rogue Media podcast. <laughs>